0: Um good luck to all of you with your exams and thank you to all of our listeners on CFRU right now we will be switching back to our regular scheduled programming have a great day everyone and a great summer as well
1: You're listening to CFRU 93.3 FM
2: Extra, extra! Read all about it in The Ontarian! The Ontarian is the University of Guelph's independent student newspaper. Hot off the press every Thursday. Get your free copy on campus and around Guelph or check us out online at www.theontarian.com. Not enough, Ontarian? Let's get social! Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Ontarian. Get on top of Guelph with The Ontarian. Your newspaper!
0: Tune in to Planet Groove for Funky Fridays on CFRU from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. with your funky, funky blues doctor for a stir-fry of funk, rock, blues, metal, and more. That's 10 a.m. every Friday on CFRU, 93.3 FM in Guam.
1: Don't you
0: Rain Hamilton will be performing at the Burdock in Toronto on April 22nd at 8:30 p.m. as a part of her tour promoting her new album Night Sky. Rain writes resonant acoustic chamber folk with an otherworldly edge and a lyrical presence that cuts deep.
1: Don't you shed a tear.
0: Her tour brings her to Toronto on Thursday, April 22nd at 8.30pm at The Burdock, 1184 Blur Street. Unfortunately, not a physically accessible location. Tickets are $10 and available at The Burdock. For more details, visit rainhamilton.com. Hear the
2: voices.
1: androids dungeon rebels will they succeed will they escape will they form an alliance and start an open rebellion or will the empire come and crush all of their dreams and further updates from joel and jack stay tuned Gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Android's Dungeon. And once again, this is your most handsome and talented host, Joel Bryant. Oh, I've given up my last name. That's a shame. Uh, I'm just sitting here waiting for Jack Grunge. I know he's going to be here any second, but you're listening to CFRU 93.3 in Guelph, Ontario. As you know, that's in Canada, on Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to set this on pause and wait for my good man Jack to arrive. Talk to you in a bit. And as if no time has passed at all, whoa, who's this in the studio with us? The,
2: the, the usurper to this pretender of the most handsomest host. I did not care for that one bit. Just a phony just a player <clears throat>
1: now yeah i'm sitting and i'm hosting i'm having a great time and some punk has walked in the door i don't know who this guy is but uh, we will let him talk i'm jack
2: i'm joel androids dungeon showboat games movies music occasionally <laughs> whatever we <laughs> whatever, want whatever we man. feel like <laughs> don't <laughs> tell us what to do <laughs> you're not my dad yeah, that's right
1: so Jackie Wrench. <clears throat> oh shoot, I did it twice now. So Jackie <laughs> I gave myself away. Oh no, Glad you spoiled her. Your name. <laughs> Our Rungy. fans are going to be all over us.
2: Yeah, well, good luck spelling it. its uh, I think most people have trouble even saying it, so knock you yourself were, out.
1: You were brave enough to go away this weekend, eh? Hit up uh, the beach, if we want to call it that right now.
2: Yeah, I got to go up to the cottage. Uh, there was a beach. I walked on it briefly, mostly get cat litter. So, <laughs> uh, Were you yelling any names? Um, I was thinking about Leonardo DiCaprio in his star turn of the uh, late 90s film.
1: Possibly a name from Star Trek?
2: Uh, No, no, definitely wasn't shouting for my cat that disappeared on us. Uh, and gave us all a gave us all a little heartache.
1: Do you think this is going to just become a thing now? It's just going to be one of those independent or attempting to be independent cats.
2: No, I, I think what's happened is that uh, I don't know if somebody explained the theory of what happened, but nope. To put this in broad perspective, we we take our cats up to the cottage with us, on. Uh, basically uh, looking at the lake on lovely Huron and we let the cats out which is great because they love it outside and we don't let them out in Guelph because it's too busy and there's a lot of cars and stuff that could, could create unfortunate pancakes with the cats so Uh, And they're always good. They stay around because there's just enough activity for them to be happy there and they don't want to go anywhere. Uh, But this time, we had a cousin visiting, second cousin, and he gets up really early and he got up around 6 o'clock or something, went outside for a cigarette, and he let the cats out, which any of us would have done in the same circumstance except the one cat, the little more independent little black cat with a little white bib. Uh, We think she caught sight of uh, a rabbit or something and just was hunting the uh, the entire day and basically for 12 hours while well, we walked around everywhere searching calling out her name and getting really really scared because you go from an animal that's inside and out inside and out and around you the whole time to uh, where's the cat and you just get really worried so we think she was deliberately ignoring us while she hunted wascally wabbits the whole time. So
1: this is like she's escaped I know that we have to watch out when we first come into
2: your house because she's the one that will Try to run out the front She's, door. She likes the jailbreak. But she never goes far, right? Well, in Guelph, it's at the cottage, no. She never goes far. Even when she got out, she was we, we think she was in within probably 10, 20 meters of the cottage, even though we were walking like all over the suburbs and like down the laneway and all stuff. Because you never know, right? Like Maybe she got spooked by a car, got chased somewhere, got locked in somewhere. But in, in Guelph, uh, it, she'll go all the way down the street. Like I've caught her trying to make her way <laughs> to Exhibition Park or something like that.
1: She's probably trying to get to Royal City uh, Restaurant. Get <laughs> some film. Chinese. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the brewery That's for a second. I and for. I was like,
2: oh, she can go as much as she wants <laughs> while well, she gets me a growler or whatever. Uh,
1: so, not enough enough sad or potentially sad news. It would have been sad. but It was actually very really happy news. when she
2: came back. So, yeah. I found her. Um, not a big deal.
1: I heard that you tried to play a certain train game, um, but just ended up reading the rules. So, Jack, what have you actually been playing lately?
2: Um, as far as board games go, it's been light lately. Uh, Kale and I have gotten back into playing Morals, uh, which is a game where you sit down and you address each other's uh, social failings and how you'll improve in the future. Um, (laughs) I am very bad at timing things. No, it's a game about collecting mushrooms in the woods, and it's a little card game. And I don't want to call it a trick-taking game. Um, It's more of a set collection game, and it's got a really neat mechanic where uh, the game's moving constantly, so it's emulating the idea of walking through the forest. And you can always have access to... Um, the mushrooms that are directly in front of you, so the first two cards. But every round, things go into the decay, so the stuff behind you. And you can either take one thing from in front of you or you can take all of the things in the decay pile. Uh, but you have a very strict hand limit, so you can get baskets to increase that, and you're trying to balance this, and you're trying to make sets, and you can, if you get enough of something, you can cook it with butter, which is worth more points. <laughs> oh, man. And if you have more, butter, you can have some cider with it, which makes it worth even more points. And there's you can get these things which are moon cards which um it's like you went walking at so night that's
1: kind of like in sushi go
2: where you get wasabi, the wasabi exactly and it just
1: makes that
2: sashimi so much tastier exactly and in this it's just a really cute game it plays so quickly the art style is it. it's a cozy game joel a cozy game and i love cozy games and what's the runtime oh my god if you know what you're doing 15 20 minutes Woo. very Beautiful. quick if anything my only criticism is that um there's maybe a lot of fiddling with the cards in the sense of cards in that you have this tableau or market row, or whatever, but you're constantly sliding things over. And if you're going quickly, it's just oh, flipping cards, shuffling them, flipping cards, shuffling them down.
1: So I'm curious how this, this acquisition works. Is it three market rows? or is it No, just it's just one?
2: one line of eight or nine cards. I forget. And then you have access to the first two. Those are free. And then you have these walking sticks, which you can get if you sell mushrooms uh, two at a time <laughs> or more. I've never done that. Before. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely didn't get sticks, I bet, either. Yeah. And you pick, You can spend sticks to go further up the line. So you can go up. If you see something that's really good at the end of the line, you've got enough sticks. You can be like, well, I'm going to spend my sticks to go rooting around in the, I don't know, the dirt <laughs> to get the sticks. is oh, the see, pig. yeah,
1: the sticks could be useful to, to get the mushrooms. Faster, yeah. Maybe? So, I
2: guess I don't know whether it's for like s- sifting through the leaves or maybe it's like a, a Gandalf staff where it helps you <laughs> move faster than the rest of your uh, fellow uh, scavengers Maybe it's one of those
1: magical sticks. We didn't they have a thing where like it would just kind of guide the diviners, you, you the would, water dunners would walk,
2: yeah, yeah. Quick side note in uh, do you ever read Dance Macabre, Stephen King's nonfiction? Um, not that one, no, it's outstanding, it still holds up today, by the way. Um, Stephen King, he, I think it was in that one, I'm pretty sure. That he, he talks about he relates a story about his he had an uncle who uh, had to use a water diviner and he swears the god was able to find water with it for the, he used to drill wells out in the country and he used this thing to find the wells okay. and according to him it worked. And which makes no sense, Is but where I've you heard. you
1: cross two sticks or something.
2: Well, in my mind, it's like a giant wishbone. It's like a Y-shaped thing, and you're holding onto the two. And as you walk, it's like the force of water pulls the the tip down, and it's like oh yeah. oh, oh oh oh, it's, it's getting warmer. Yeah. Then you drill there.
1: Deep, deep. Now I think there was a level in Fallout like that where you had a. Uh,
2: Hold on, Joel. Which which Fallout are we talking about? Four. <laughs> it just had to be the clear. only Fallout. No, I'm, sure. I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The Only one I've played. Oh, you played Filthy, three
1: casual. You played three briefly. Yeah. You didn't even play.
2: Oh! oh my God, a dark piece. Sorry, continue.
1: <laughs> yeah. A new okay, Quake but... is
2: the only good Quake. New Quake. <laughs> oh It's got to be a new Quake. Right? Yeah, there was a Probably. really bad Quake. Uh, <laughs> new Deathmatch that it's it's showed up and disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Joel has mentioned to me that you played something this week or on the weekend or something. Do you want to talk about that right now, or do you want? Do you have something I'll else? I'll save it for later. Okay. So what? Aside from that very special game. What have you been playing recently? I
1: finally beat the Reign of Chaos campaign in Warcraft 3. On hard or very hard? On the hardest. And there were so many levels where I was like, this is a really dumb level and maybe I could just skip this one and just forget it. But then I was like, no, because then I won't have that, you know, achievement feeling. There's not even a real achievement though, though, is there, but now I'm in the Frozen Throne, uh-huh. and the Night Elf campaign is the first campaign, and man, is it dumb. Yeah. It just gets dumber and dumber. It's like, okay, so you have, like, five units, and you need to get to this person before they die, and they're going to die in five minutes, so you just kind of have to rush through. But then right when you get to the end, there'll be a big base you have to get through. Mm-hmm. Everything stuns. Everything is strong. Um, <laughs> uh, but I pull it off, and I'm like, oh, finally, made it through. <laughs> no <laughs> you get to the end you dummy. it's like congratulations you can now build a base and then kill everything <laughs> <laughs> oh, and man. everything's level 10 and amazing uh, i i it
2: what you've been okay. doing just strikes me as masochistic i don't understand it it's <laughs> really i'm torturing
1: myself. it's not
2: it doesn't strike me as fun <laughs> i don't get no. it
1: and Are- it's not even like a challenge of like hey, are you good at Warcraft? It's more of a challenge of, like, here, play this, like, five, six times, find all the stupid nuances and things in the map, and then
2: learn a way to exploit it. And you can also quick save your way through those games. Yeah, absolutely. So it, I guess you can... You can, if you think you've been doing well enough, you can save because before you launch an attack. And if your micro stinks, it's like, well, load it again, try it again. And yeah. oh, I know it always the computer likes to do this, and I can swarm. It's here. I don't know.
1: It reminds me of a really hilarious time where I had saved with five minutes rela- oh, remaining. Oh no! Oh no! In one of those survive <laughs> for forty-five minute rounds. <laughs> okay. And it was actually the very last uh, level in Reign of Chaos, uh-huh. and there's all these. Waves of demons, and they get so powerful that it's impossible to succeed at a certain point. yeah, And I just happened to have gotten basically, it happens three times in each time a base dies. yeah. I had gotten to the point where it was just impossible. So maybe I was able to survive to seven seconds left or nine <laughs> seconds left. And I'm just doing these same five minutes over and it was like Groundhog Day. It was just like, I am never,
2: ever getting through this. Anyone who's ever played in a game where you can quick save, I guarantee you've done it. To, you've, I call it quick saving into a corner. Like yeah. I used to do it all the time in Half-Life 1 where it's like, I, I thought I was safe and I quick save just as I hear the sound of like a marine launching a grenade at my face. and like, <laughs> yeah. how is Jack going to get out of this one? And it's your only save It's <laughs> my only you don't save. have multiple saves when's my last autosave? you see like two hours ago ah! funny you should say
1: that because that's exactly how i stopped playing new vegas as i just walked way too far uh-huh. and then two super mutants are walking up to me but i didn't know it and i quick saved and it was my only save point point. and so uh basically i tried i don't know 15 times to kill these mutants with all of my you couldn't run away and everything no wow and uh
2: yeah because i'm like on a cliff kind of thing uh uh-huh. See, I always found the Fallout games, that le- for the most part, you could usually cheese your way out of situations because the, the game is so wonky, especially the embryo engine, that you could be, uh, so it's like, oh, oh I quick save myself into a corner. And, well, the enemy has almost this weird sort of, like, they're rolling the dice when they're going to try to hit you, Yeah. and so I'm just going to quick-load, ah, you missed, good, all right, now I'm going to do something stupid and just hide somewhere no, else.
1: But, but there's no sprint uh, in New Vegas.
2: I'm trying to remember, it's been a while.
1: That was what drove me crazy, Oh, dude, you're so used to the sprint front. The yeah, 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 yeah. And I yeah. just want to go... Tsk, 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 you're too used to follow 4. Yeah,
2: exactly. I was spoiled. Uh, uh, spoils one word for it, but... <laughs> but, uh, okay, so we have... Um, well, actually, speaking of computer games, yeah, I got into something recently that um, I picked it up on sale. I've won it for a little bit, and it's one of my... It's a genre that I'm kind of partially ashamed to like and partially happy to like, and um, it's called Immortal Redneck and it's a uh, sort of a first-person shooter, rogue-lite, tower-climber-type game where it, Ziggurat was the first one I know that tried to do this that I'm aware of. And you basically... it's The game's designed for you to die over and over again, yeah. but you keep all the gold you've accumulated... So hot right now. So hot right now. And you're not supposed to try to get back to where you died, but you keep all the gold, and then you're supposed to upgrade a skill tree, which adds permanent upgrades no matter uh, yeah. what run you're on. Um so the, there's that incentive to try to keep... You get, you get further and further, and you get more and more gold. And it, like all the games are doing this. Rogue Legacy popularized it, which is an okay game.
1: I think of uh, that Dead Cells that you
2: were Dead playing. Cells is outstanding. And I, I, I want to get back into it, but I'm waiting for them to just finish, like go to their their actual formal release, because I mm-hmm. don't want to get into it's a still game... still beta. I don't know if it's beta... Um but they're they're not there yet that I'm over. I feel aware like of.
1: they need a third letter because at this point like the alpha and the beta <laughs> last so long yeah. that they need like a what's see ch- cheta? I I
2: can't alphabet. I always C thought it was gamma the, for some reason but it yeah, feel like we're skipping a lot of level, like <laughs> Oh man. Delta? <laughs> <laughs> sure, let's do delta cuz it's reliable. Um and delta four sounds really cool too. Delta release. Ooh, delta cool. Delta kappa release. Now it's like a frat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the game is you play. the The premise of the game is you play this this redneck. Can you believe it? Who's uh, ATVing in the desert? I guess he's in Egypt. I don't know. And he goes off a cliff chasing a rabbit, and then he falls face first in the sand. He wakes up. He's been mummified, and he's still got his coveralls and his <laughs> trucker hat. I hate it when that happens. Don't you, you just wake up and you're a mummy, and you're going through this these. Giant pyramids of with these randomly generated levels and different monsters, and there's tons of different guns to find. And there are these scrolls that you pick up that are random and give you usually benefits, but sometimes some are just straight up like poking you in the eye. Ha! Idiot. Thanks for touching it. Huh. But most of them are pretty good, and you get this great sense of power, which is what I really like about a good rogue game: is the feeling of this. The more powerful you get, the less likely you want you will die, but the more it hurts you when it actually happens, mm. and it's also more your fault. And that's a good game when you feel like you died because it's your fault as opposed to something cheesy where you, like... Um,
1: impossible Cliff or something. Impossible
2: Cliff. Like, Dark Souls, for the most part, is pretty good about that, but Dark Souls 2 is infamous for having these this, these sections where it's like, oh, I'm walking fine, and then you walk off an underwater cliff, and it's, what? <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> so dumb, but um, very questions. addictive, too. Uh,
1: one... When I picture these games, I always think of a two D side scroller adventure type game. Is that what this is?
2: No, it's it's first person three D. Three D. It's but it's very colorful. It's It's cute. It runs incredibly well. Is it an
1: indie game or is this? It's an indie game.
2: Well, yeah, it's not like a major. It's not like Bethesda put it out Mm -hmm. or something. One of those guys. But second,
1: when you die and Mm -hmm. you go back to the beginning, yeah. How time consuming is it to get back to where you were?
2: Um, it depends, because technically, if you're talking about, like, the the level of the pyramid you're at, it could take you a while, but it also depends on how thorough you're going to be. Are you trying to min-max every level, where you're exploring every room, looking for all the potential scrolls and getting as much gold as possible, or are you, um, just trying to get exactly back where you were and just keep climbing? That's the main issue of the game, because, like you're saying, a bit of time consumption, so to get from where you were, where you died, possibly, it could take, depending on how good you are, maybe half hour, an hour, um... Which could be offensive to you if you really want to just blast through the game like that. But the issue is that if you want to be good enough to get to, so it's one thing just get back right where you died. But you want to be able strong enough to keep going past that point. And If you just warp yourself there as quickly as possible, you're going to be too weak, and you're going to look back and go, uh, "What was?" So I you thinking?
1: can just go there, but you want to kind of build up some gold, especially like later on when you're stronger. I'm sure those areas are much well, yeah, easier
2: c- to farm. Yeah, sort of. You're not necessarily farming, but it's just what you're saying is that you're just kind of steamrolling them because you've upgraded all these skill trees and things that may have given you trouble. You just look at, done you go on
1: and is there a boss in each section
2: I've only fought one boss so far and it was challenging it was actually it felt uh, kind of fun mostly just because it has an erratic move pattern and it's like it required a bit of dexterity it's not not the easiest game I've ever played it's not super difficult in that sense but it's fun and I think that's the it's fun and colorful got a good sense of humor to it I picked up a crowbar at one point as a weapon and I got an achievement because it was a Half-Life reference that's it uh, <laughs> so that, that's I something
1: Oh, so good what? <laughs>
2: Just everything about Half-Life 2. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird because it's... I'll play it like four more times. Half-Life 2 has become very vogue to in certain circles for people to take a dump on. And a lot of the criticisms I've I've heard of it... Some, at first, I'm like, you have some nerve... Mm. Wait a minute. <laughs> He's got a point. He's got some points. And I think one of the main criticisms I've heard is that Half-Life 2 ushered in uh, the era of boring gameplay. Mm. And, and by, what they mean by that is that there are a lot of cinematics in the game that are disguised as gameplay, but you can't do anything. And if you ever watched somebody try to speedrun Half-Life 2, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because so
1: eventually they just have to stop.
2: You have to stop what you're doing because you have to wait for the, the game to progress. Well Yeah, because it's like... So you can move around, you can pick stuff up and drop them, but it's actually kind of boring when you look at it that way. And there's also these vehicle segments that go on for some people' opinion too long. I don't mind them. But the gunplay in the game is just so... So tight, and yep. the 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 combat is really cool, and the the physics of the time revolutionary, and just so, and I always thought so much the
1: pace was like amazing. I love like the pace it just too; rushes you from one thing to another. Incredible
2: atmosphere. These segments where you just you really feel, especially. Do you remember the part when uh, you come back and you you've got the ant lions on your team? Yeah, you're just you're going through and you're tossing and balls. the music has changed. The music's <laughs> changed, and you feel like you're Ugh, go get a alien.
1: And you've been struggling alone for
2: so long, and, and now you've got
1: these buddies. You got <laughs>
2: bug buddies, and you're just you're just shooting the combine, throwing the bug pellets, and they're chopping up combine. And- yeah, when you get in there, and you've got that portal thing that's just amazing. You know that gun and. Uh, the the gravity gun, gravity too. gun, yeah, lots oh, of fun, man. lots of fun, and it looks great because st- it's. One last thing about Half-Life Two is that what's really interesting too is that the original release looks very l- little like the current one. It's changed a fair bit because they've subtly patched it so many times that if you actually look through the different version history of Half-Life Two, um, it, it doesn't look <laughs> like it does now, which is I think a really interesting uh, huh. evolution, a subtle evolution of the game.
1: Well, I haven't played it since basically shortly after Orange Box came out. so
2: That's been a while. Yeah. That's probably the most recent or best way to look well, at there's it. There's some
1: interesting news, by the way, mm-hmm. before we go to break. Um, Gloomhaven has announced an, an expansion. It hasn't released it, but uh, the Forgotten Circles. Have you
2: taken a look? I looked at it after you linked it. Uh, well, Pretty why don't cool. you describe it? You know more Pretty about cool. it
1: than I do. Now, obviously, for... I'd say probably ninety five percent of people playing Gloomhaven right now. This expansion, maybe it's not timely, or maybe you can just forget about it and think about it uh, as you go through the game because the game, the expansion is set in a storyline that follows the conclusion of Gloomhaven, which, as you know, is what like ninety five scenarios, and we're at I don't know twelve,
2: and we're nowhere close. It's how I'm, many people have actually finished Gloomhaven? Do you think?
1: That's that's a good question. That's what me and Harry were talking about. Me and Harry had a long discussion about it today, <laughs> and I don't think very many people have. There's obviously some hardcore people. Maybe somebody, oh, I went through it one sitting. You know, people just burn through with a single Why? character yeah. or one or two characters, and yeah, just yeah, did like a
2: forty-eight hour marathon. Who knows, right? It's Cheating the whole way. <laughs> well, you never know, right? Because I think we talked about this last time when Gloomhaven kind of came up of like, what are you trying to get out of the game? And what, what's cheating and what's just like, well, I'm going to open up a character. I don't care. But to, to deprive yourself of the game would be crazy to me. Just like the fast. But even though the story is kind of like in the back of my head, it's, the story isn't really what's keeping me going in the Gloomhaven experience. I'll admit,
1: when I play a new RPG, I'll play it on normal.
2: To get through the whole story, mm-hmm. learn the plot, mm-hmm. and then go back and play it for real. So you find like, and that gets into difficulty questions. Of, uh, I started Nino Kuni 2 for uh, the other day, and I'm starting it, and it's way too easy. And I and I've heard it was too easy. And I was thinking, well, would I would I have bumped up to hard on my first go? But I've been burned in the past on bumping myself up to hard because the difficulty is such a poorly balanced thing where sometimes people mistake hard for tedious. So rather than make okay. something more difficult you just add okay so he bumped up the hard what does that mean he wants oh I know he wants all the enemies to do more damage and have more health that's exactly what he was looking <laughs> yeah, for yeah so
1: everything takes longer it just and takes you longer rests it's like you just uh, added tedium spend you spend
2: more time searching for health and... but I think gloomhaven does not perfectly the okay. as far as difficulty goes because you really we've been we've only wiped once I think while we played maybe twice yeah but it's not I find we found we've struggled through so many missions where it's come down to like maybe a magic bullet <laughs> At the end, yeah, or at least like legit, like this is a last turn for us to make yeah. this happen. We know it's
1: their last hit, and they need a plus zero or plus one to yeah. succeed, it's, or we're dead.
2: And it's, and I find that's a perfect zone to be in. Versus, it's too easy, or just looking at it and going, oh, why did I cho-? like? Why am I doing this mission forty-five times to try to beat this night elf base because it's so difficult? Oh, tell me about it. Uh, but just
1: on a more personal level, in our game. Uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, when you play a character long enough, you get to a certain point where you've reached their retirement. And uh, our friend Harry has done it a couple times. He's done it once with us. He had this cool rock <clears throat> guy, and interestingly enough, he converted that cool rock guy into another rock guy. Super rock. Same race. Rock and roll. Uh, where he's um, he's much cooler, or so he thinks, anyway. But I, <laughs> oh, I like, Has he been playing? I like the old Harry. We're missing, I think we've been missing Harry's old character. He, he named his character Harry, so I'm not just talking, but. <laughs> I forgot Harry he did that, playing. to be honest. Uh, but for me and Jack, I just wanted to, to point out that we are on the cusp. And our friend Harry has asked us if we want to play on Friday. I don't know if Jack's available, but if we do, or next time we play, unlock baby, um, Jack will un- almost certainly unlock his character so and we then don't wipe. Harry pointed something out to me today. Okay, that might interest you, and that is you cannot keep your items. Yeah, and I need about sixty bucks in order to retire, and I probably have about hundred and twenty bucks worth of items. So you're just saying go to the store? So I could sell
2: all my stuff, buy the enhancements and then we can both retire. Wouldn't I, that be cool? I read something where somebody was saying <clears throat> I think it was I think I linked you to it where the guy was t- talking about the meta of the po- of the the money thing where he didn't like the idea that they retire with their goods and with their money. Mm. So he was saying, "Oh, I just gave it to the, gave it to my character." Yeah, but your stuff. new
1: character starts with some starting goals, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool and you get to select,
2: you get to rethink, right? You get to replan what you get. And I think thematically... I don't think there's anything wrong with what you're suggesting because the idea of like because I don't know what your quest is specifically, but in my mind it's like, oh, I just wanted enough money to retire. So if you have these yeah. goods and it's like I'm not I don't need this battle axe <laughs> when I'm sitting in my cottage, it's cool. Yeah. I'm it,
1: upon this. As far as you know or as far as I know, it's the only one that has the sort of a money requirement to it. Everything yeah. else is sort of experiential. Yeah. So the fact that I'm doing this isn't like, oh, well, I'm going to do this every time I retire, use my money. No. And like you say, you don't need eagle eye goggles if you're hanging out uh, Well, maybe the goggles, home, so right? reading eagle eye goggles. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe his eyesight starts to go. This Tinker's been experimenting with a lot of drugs. <laughs> and he's going to have a weird retirement. He's going to have a lot of acid flashbacks. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be... But I'm going to miss him. Cancel. I mean, Cancel. I'm excited to try retiring. I'm excited
2: to see what we get. We're definitely going to get two characters, then. That's what's going to happen.
1: But... <clears throat> what are we going to do without all that heal? What are we going to do without those? Well, AOE we don't know bombs, what's going <laughs> to, right. <Something, laughs> Joel, have I noticed to, you didn't ask what's going to happen with learn <laughs> And that's the thing is that, um, and I, I mean, I could be Crag hard. <laughs> um, the, the thing is that, um, uh, remember Harry's first mission with his new character, which we won't mention because it's spoilers. Yeah, No spoilers. Um, he had a rough time. Yeah, You say he didn't play it all that well. Mm-hmm. We can even go that far. I'm assuming it's going to be the same for us. We're going to see all these things that are going to look really cool, and then we're going to try them. We're going to struggle. So if we both retire at the same time, we could wipe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I,
2: I I, think it's just uh, you just got to get a feel for what you're trying to do. So you never know what we're going to unlock, and maybe it will be very clear. Because um, I got scared when I saw the new character that came from Um, the Kragkart retirement because I was thinking, oh, this guy looks really complicated. I hate playing with elements. I find that really obnoxious, but I think it's the future. We're all going (laughs) to be adjusting elements like crazy. Could be. And, you know, we have been starting
1: to wipe, or sorry, we have been sort of, our Gloomhaven has been starting to wane lately. Now, do you think that this release is kind of timely? Like, they kind of got that feeling like people were starting to forget about him and this release comes out and all of a sudden, oh, because I don't know, it in my mind i'm like oh man i really want to i want to finish the campaign
2: now yeah. <laughs> right cuz i want to see the, uh... the future stuff and there's a new character and and i think there's going to be this is like a stopgap a stopgap expansion i think too because i think there's another big one coming out but this is kind of like the the intermediary or the like on the way to it that's that's just the rumor i've heard but mm. um, I don't know. It's... I, I don't... I have a hard time imagining Gloomhaven waving. I think but when anything is, like, reaching as much popularity as Gloomhaven has, there's no way it can stay up there. Keep that fever mm. interest yeah. for so long. I think it's just... It's at the level where everyone agrees how good it is, and it's more... All the
1: casuals will drop off. The casuals right, drop off. Well, get was, rid of them.
2: I was talking to my friend before we go to break about yeah. how... Because um, he came over and he, he bought Gloomhaven because I basically sold him on it. Yeah. And he was playing with his other friend, and... Uh, I guess this other guy uh, played so poorly that he burned the entire group on Gloomhaven in a way. <laughs> Nobody wants to play. Nobody wants to play the game right now because he screwed up so badly, which is sad to me. But I think it's just a... They should just quietly play Just without. quietly start it up again because you can play it by yourself if you want to, which is
1: um, perfectly fine. breaks my heart to see Charterstone, Gloomhaven, these legacy games sit at Josh's place, but that's a whole other thing. Charterstone I feel bad
2: about, but we gotta get we'll get to it in a bit.
1: You know, I don't. I don't know if he's interested. He's he's, he's, uh, well, he's deep does... into Final Fantasy 15. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I saw him. I saw credits rolling. Oh, you did it! And he's like, Oh, well, no, actually, you know, you finish this part, and then that unlocks another part. And, <laughs> okay, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's the old fake credit sequence. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> with that, we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to listen to some tunes, and we'll be back shortly. That was The Clash with I Fought the Law and The Law Won. And uh, if you believe in parallel universes, you'll know that uh, in a lot of other scenarios, George Lucas wrote a story where some plucky uh, rebels tried to take out the Empire, but the Empire just was too smart and too strong. And The Law Won. And that brings us to our next topic which is of course uh over the weekend i got actually called over to a friend's place um you know our good friend uh jonathan (laughs) fedema yes i know john and you know the boardroom he came on the show briefly yep uh so i the boardroom was having a little technical problems this um oh really this friday um, going into the weekend, actually, because, you know, it was Good Friday, so uh-huh. it was a holiday. Um, so naturally, when it's a holiday and all the ISP services are down, or sorry, are unavailable because they're on holiday, that's when your internet dies. Uh, and I bet, do they rely on the internet for their, all their um, POS? Systems? Payment processing, not only that, but some... Well, I should be nice. Uh, Somebody (laughs) had the idea of setting their doors to be automatically connected controlled by the internet so you could use your phone
2: right or an app or which something is becoming more and more common but honestly horrifies me the concept of because now cars are even saying like oh you can unlock your car with your phone it's like you think you're the only one who can do that <laughs> yeah wow it's totally secure i swear and that's not to say they slap uh, slim gyms didn't exist before. hashtag but... never been hacked <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, who's gonna try to hack their way into the boardroom and steal some Puerto Rico <laughs> maybe hey that's not a bad idea <laughs> and I know the access codes to the uh, to the router now because our good one, friend, Mr. Runch two
2: three
1: <laughs> trust me absolutely yeah. no uh, so actually um, he called me and I was at home <clears throat> and he said uh, can you give me some advice of a phone I think I've messed up our Wi-Fi." oh geez um, and he had gone in and he, he the internet wasn't working when he went in to be fair and uh, he had gone in and had the.
2: Did the, he reset? A moment
1: of insanity, he said, reset all configurations. <laughs> Without actually knowing any of the configurations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I changed the locks, but I didn't have the key. <laughs> exactly. So it's basically like um, you, you've got a. You know, a a web server all set up and you've got all your settings and everybody's able to access your website and then you go to the piece of hardware that runs it and say, you know what? I want you to be like a, uh, like you were when I bought you. Well, luckily, there's a backup. So there's the end of the story is... It went, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> no, there was no backup, but the good thing about it is it's basically a residential, uh, boring as bones uh, piece of machinery. So it was very easy to just Google the settings for me and just go in and reset it to, you know, the boardroom Wi-Fi with Mm. their password, blah, blah, blah. All right. That wasn't bad. And they were back and running again, except Uh, that the external Wi-Fi or the external internet outside of people connecting to their router was still dead. So, um, luckily for them, uh, you know, they can reach out to their uh, internet service provider, right? You guys know this. Your internet's down. You call the service provider. They fix it. Instantly fix. They always have the answers. You don't wait on hold. Not on Good Friday, my friend. What? Uh, Obviously, uh, they did not get a response from Royal City IT, which I've never heard of, and has a single review on Google of one star somebody <laughs> says, is how it, recent is that looks start. like a scam <laughs> <laughs> just wondering maybe this is just Mark's basement or something I don't know who the ISP is I'm sorry for slandering one of the respectable Guelph ISPs but I've never heard of them myself like, uh, Royal City uh, not
2: available on Good Friday not available <laughs> on the Saturday either after that's really interesting that they went through a, um, a local ISP for that because I thought for sure one of these, like, a business would be going through someone at least bigger than, like, you were talking to Execulink or Tech Savvy or, or Bell or Rogers. And I can understand it, it's reasonably priced, but it's one of these things that, like, you see the triangle of, like, <laughs> cheap, good, and, I don't know, reliable. It's, you can only have two.
1: <laughs> anyway, long story short, I did everything I could uh short of not knowing what the IP settings were supposed to be yeah. on the on the device to connect, but you know, everything's automatic these days, DHCP anyway. So um, a long story short, for you uh, once I was we done know. and I confirmed with John that he hadn't broken anything and everything was okay <clears> as far as what he did, um He told me to to thank me. He bought me a beer, and he said, we can play any game you want, which is a huge mistake, obviously, on his part. (laughs) I go to the shelf. I've always wanted to play Star Wars Rebellion. Star Wars Rebellion, if you guys don't know, is one of the top five games on Board Game Geek. It's 8.5. It's very hot. It's a box. And it's very cool. It's big, shiny. Two-player only, right? No, it actually runs two to four, but I don't know why you would ever play with more than two. Yeah. Uh, And and yeah, like Jack said, uh, it's basically one person will play the Empire and one person will play the Rebellion. And one of the coolest things about it is it's an asymmetrical game, which means you don't have equal opportunity to win. One of you will be incredibly powerful and strong and just be trying to, you know, restore order to the galaxy and have a nice peaceful government that everybody loves (laughs) i think that's the empire (laughs) you ever go on empire did nothing wrong (laughs) (laughs) no but i I can see where this is coming from a fantastic reddit where the theory is
2: that the government is all about good government and the rebels are basically rebel scum well there's like the problem is without going too far away from this that the, before they jettisoned it in the expanded universe there was this race of bug-like creatures that were that Palpatine knew was coming to attack um, whatever the universe Star Wars is in and that's one of the reasons why the Empire was sort of formed was to defend against the Yuuzhan Vaughn or Vol or whatever they're called But whoa that's some that's some high level lore there Jack. but unfortunately when Disney bought it they went <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's dumb as hell. Nope, we don't know what we're doing, but it's better than that. Which I don't necessarily agree with, but whatever. Holograms. Holograms. <laughs> I'm <Anyway>. uh, <laughs> so sorry, brief. Uh, inter-
1: Interesting you should mention Disney, though, because Disney <laughs> did get involved in Star Wars uh, Rebellion. It's really? A, it's a Disney-K&N uh, game, which is why, um, even though it's set at the time of the original trilogy, yeah. uh, Naboo is a planet. Um, okay. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's kind of hints to the future, but... Well, to be uh, fair, Nebu was around before Disney was even in the picture, too. No, it's true. That was prequel. Yeah, yeah. Prequel memes. Another great Star Wars subreddit. We could go I on. thought it was a Twitter
2: account, but I must just repost prequel if it means. There's,
1: there's prequel re- memes, and then there's uh, whatever the new three are, or two. Yeah, the, um, what are you... Anyway, whatever. Sequel memes. <laughs> Sequel <laughs> memes. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, but... I'm getting off track. Uh, basically, this the game is asymmetrical, the Empire is powerful, and they're searching for the rebel base. Yeah. And so basically, you can imagine there's 36 planets, one of them is the rebel base, but you don't know which it is. So basically, when you put pieces on the rebel base, you put it on a little um, kind of Cyborg, hologram planet yeah. in the corner here and say, this is on whatever planet I have, and I'm not telling you which one it is. Yeah. And then the, all the Empire needs to do to find the rebel base is put a ground force on it once a ground force is on a planet the uh kind of like mr jack um the rebel person or team needs to say yes or no Mm -hmm. is that your rebel base Mm, nope not this time (laughs) yeah and i watched the Shut up and shit sit down review of it and they were saying if you want to be a really big nerd you should put it on hoth (laughs) and i was like Oh, that's why they went to that ice planet. (laughs) That was the rebel (laughs) base. I'm really out of it, but um, I thought I'd have fun and just randomly draw the rebel base from the deck. (laughs) Well, you know, that
2: sounds pretty good to me.
1: Yeah, and uh, it ended up being pretty good. It was behind his line of forces, and he was coming at me like this, uh, forward, and it was just sitting back there behind him. Um, But unfortunately, and here's where my complaints begin, um, there is a rule which is there's two rule books okay there's no actual rule book there's a getting started
2: book <laughs> yeah. which is go through this and then you're ready to play I like that by the way I'm a,
1: fantastic yeah
2: much easier simpler now it, this isn't a tutorial game you're talking about right like it just like read this rule book to get an idea of what you're doing and then open up rule there book is then... a
1: tutorial setup yeah similar to um, a lot of other games like Twilight Imperium where they'll say if it's your first, first game, game this recommended setup Otherwise, you basically, uh, you follow some specific rules on where to put things on planets. But yeah. it's like, oh, just put your stuff here. And okay. Which is fine.
2: Um, I would have,
1: it was, <laughs> it was enough. It was this, very overwhelming. We'll so, say.
2: before you go any further, sorry. Yeah. What was the setup time? I think it took us about an
1: hour and a half. To set up. Yeah. And, and that was us obviously reading the rules as well. But okay. Yeah, it was a long setup. It was a difficult setup. John, to to his credit, was very patient. And I was very into it. And he was also kind of into it. And but... you, I wish I could have seen his face when you came back with that box. <laughs> but he did not complain. He didn't pull any faces. He <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah. like, uh, maybe we should put this away. Yeah. You know? So anyway, we get a setup. I randomly select. I'm behind him, yeah. my Rebel base. And if you know anything about Star Wars Rebellion... Um, Basically, the Empire has about five planets to start and a whole bunch of forces that would easily crush you. And you get two planets and maybe like two X-Wings and a Y-Wing. And I didn't even know there were Y-Wings. Really? And um, you don't even start with your coolest ship. Not only that, but your coolest ship produces on a planet, which is um Calamari.
2: Oh, yeah. And Calamari Cruiser. Calamari,
1: yeah. Calamari Cruiser. And that's right next to a massive Empire force. If you really want to convert that, they could just take it away from you instantly. But that's not the point because the rebels are supposed to run away, sneak, hide, do malicious things like sabotaging production and blowing up uh, future uh, things in the queue and just kind of generally be dodgy. And at the same time, you can sneakily move your rebel base, which maybe I should have done when I found out it was behind him. So anyway, getting to the crux of what went wrong Um, (laughs) is the intro book says, Uh if you move of ground force to another planet, blah, blah, blah. We know that part, right? Then I have to tell them.
2: Oh, okay. The enemy ground force.
1: Then there's an appendix. (laughs) <laughs> it's another book which is called the Rules Appendix, yeah. and it just has every letter of anything you want to look up, and it's actually in more detail, right? Yeah, in more detail, and it's very
2: it's, actually. I love that too. It's
1: quite um, uh, what is it when it's it just covers everything
2: thorough? I don't know,
1: quite thorough. Sure, and it, it's, it's thorough. Anything you would want to know. We had a question, bam, it was there. Perfect. Perfect. And that's what you need because incomplete rules, nothing is worse than incomplete rules where you're just like, well, I guess we'll do it this way. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, in the appendix, he just happened to be looking through because he wanted to divine some strategy when he remembered, okay, I'm really powerful, but I'm not accomplishing my goal, which is fine you, that if you uh, go do a trade deal somewhere and the planet becomes loyal to you. Once that planet is loyal to you. They rat you out. They will rat you out. And he did that maybe turn two oh, on my so- planet. So almost the entire game where we're going back and forth and doing all these things, I should have told him yeah. um, that uh, where my base was. Yeah, And the funniest thing was that at that moment, um, I had just taken everything off of my rebel base. Oh. I had left one X-Wing behind. I was trying to... Get out of Make there. him get look of like a, yeah, and then get out of there. And so basically, he had like a he had a Death Star <laughs> and a bunch of other things, which all by the way, the Death Star doesn't have any health, and you can't kill it. It's very cool, except for some special way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so basically, all that happened was he just showed up and uh, Death Star and about twenty ships versus a single X-wing, and the game was over. Uh, that sounds anticlimactic. At the same time, it had been three hours, and we were pretty ready for it to be done. Fair so enough, I think it was enough. a great kind of intro game yeah. where nothing ended up mattering, but we were very were, happy.
2: That's the best way to play an intro game, too, is like just, you know, don't to sit there agonizing over de- every decision, but it stinks that it came down to, well, not came down to, but that you're sitting there going, oh, we screwed up a rule in turn two, basically, and kind of really made things a sour taste. Yeah, exactly. Now, I heard it from other people who've talked about rebellion i've owned it for a long time it's just it's pricey 115 bucks i think Very retail expensive, yeah. and it's uh, but your final fantasy flight has incredible components where when you're buying a game from them 99 percent of the time you know where that money's going by the way uh right to the license no i'm just kidding but yeah. the i've heard that the issue is that the combat in the game is so unsatisfying yeah. that that it, it took them an expansion to fix it, and some. what I've heard is that you can't play without the expansion now, which is an unfortunate sort of refrain that you hear more and more. But the expansion fixes the combat, and it also adds something for the Death Star, where you can have a shield generator for the death Star, hmm. and unless you sabotage the shield generator from the planet, you can't attack the death Star uh, yeah. directly, so just little things like that that I add could never
1: imagine attacking the death Star to be honest, but uh, yeah, no, actually that was also shut up and sit downs two main criticisms of the game: One was the combat stinks, yeah. which it does It's basically it's just dice chucking uh, dice chucking on both ends and um basically only red dice can hit red items and black oh, dice that's can right. hit that's black right. items but if you get a direct hit you can choose yeah it was interesting but altogether felt pointless and yeah. in the end i actually we only had one major combat and i won it handily and he had three generals there or uh, secret hero or heroes you know yeah. darth vader was there and whoever else and we looked up okay so what happens to your guys oh nothing Nothing happens. They just go back to your pool again because they're basically glorified um, units. uh, No tokens, like basically glorified um, placement uh, activation tokens. You remember Uh, activation tokens from Twilight? Twilight, yeah. So basically, all they are is activation
2: tokens, but in a. And they give perks. And I think that was another thing that the expansion adds is that it actually adds penalties to losing a leader. So if you decide to send the emperor out to just scout out a bloody planet and like maybe score an easy win. Yeah, and, oh. and it's like, uh, oh, wait, by the way, I ambushed you and I'm doing this, you, there is an actual penalty for you screwing for this failing, up, For yeah. failing, yeah. For failing Well, usually when you fail, just nothing happens. That guy doesn't do anything that yeah. around. So, but again, I'm speculating a speculative game I haven't played. It, yeah. so, but no, but you, you're absolutely right. Let's just say, did you enjoy it and will you recommend it? I had a good time,
1: for sure. Want play. Uh, the other thing, the last thing I'll mention is the Shut Up and Shit Sound's other criticism was that uh, they sold it as tell your own Star Wars story. Yeah. And really what it ended up being was tell the exact same Star Wars story, but with shuffle on. (laughs) I was just going to say, just do a remix. Do an RNG Star Wars Wars story with all of the same plot things and the same changes and everything like that. And uh, yeah, so... I, I liked it. It was really good. And it looks like we're out of time. So we're going to have to wrap things up here a little early. But um, it's been great talking about Star Wars Rebelling. I really enjoyed it. Um, hopefully you will too and I'd love to teach it to you because I think it's the kind of game where you really need
2: to learn it from somebody it's not something well you what I was going to say out. too that like you describe it and seeing the look on your face of the asymmetric war game just has yeah. me all shivery Boom. because I just can't wait to uh, get, get out Cuba Libre and other coin games and all these other adventures of asymmetrical war games essentially exactly yeah so anyway uh, thanks for uh,
1: listening hopefully they'll find something to fill in the last uh, 10 minutes and we'll figure it out without any further ado i'm joel i'm jack thanks for listening You're listening to CFRU 93.3 FM.
0: If you had the opportunity to save a life, would you take it? Sounds like a no-brainer, right? And yet only 31% of people in Ontario have registered their consent to donate their organs and tissue in the event of their death. That means, on average, one person will die every three days because an organ is not available to save them. By registering, you have the opportunity to save as many as eight people's lives through organ donation and to improve the quality of life for up to 75 people through tissue donation. If you want to become a donor, go to beadonor.ca. Take two minutes to register your consent to save a life. And don't forget to share your wishes with your family afterwards. In the words of Mike Willis, a very grateful heart recipient,
1: If someone hadn't registered their consent to donate,
2: I would not be alive today. Hi,
1: I'm Doug Blackwood. I've been your happy host of Scenes Like Old Times for about 25
0: years on CFRU 93.3 FM. The program offers features, community announcements, and interviews on subjects that we feel would be a benefit to
1: listeners. And each week we broadcast great old radio programs from the 1930s to 50s with music memories to match. From war memories to health issues for older adults, if we know you'd be interested, you'll hear it. Scenes Like Old Old
0: Times now on Sundays from 2 to 4 p.m. on CFRU
1: 93.3 FM
0: if you consider yourself to be a friend of CFRU but don't yet have a friends card, what are you waiting for? For just a $15 donation or $10 for CFRU volunteers, you can purchase a Friends of CFRU card that'll get you discounts at 14 downtown Guelph businesses. One of the businesses offering discounts is Double Dragon. Located at 43 McDonnell Street, a favorite late night stop for many Guelphites, Double Dragon is a Chinese food takeout restaurant specializing in Cantonese and Canadian food, buffet, and dim sum. Stop by the Double Dragon and receive a discount On any of their menu items. Friends of CFRU cards are available for purchase at the bookshelf in downtown Guelph or at CFRU. Email outreach at CFRU.ca or visit CFRU.ca slash friends for more info. With a Friends of CFRU card, you can show your support for both local businesses and your campus and community radio station. This year's card is valid until January 2019.